podcast for filthy casuals by filthy casuals. Hi everyone and welcome to Flashpoint episode 136 recorded Sunday June 3rd. I'm your host David Holloway and joining me firstly is a man whose mother should have thrown him away and kept the stork. How are you Simon? The the, the stork? Oh. So what I'm 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 the bulb, I'm the, the flower, and she should have just hung on to the, the green stemmy bit. Is that, what you, is that what you're saying? I don't That's, even know how to respond to that. Excellent, my job is done. That's I'm right. fine, David. How are you? Oh look, always a pleasure. <laughs> I doubt that. No, it is. It makes makes my week and month and year. We also have a man who uses statistics like a drunk man uses a lamppost for support rather than illumination. How are you, Ben? Statistics? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I've got nothing to come back on that one with. No, I really don't. I'd like to say I made that one up, but that one definitely came from the web. I thought that was quite clever, that one. Um, and so was yours, Simon, with some 1940s movie reference, apparently. <laughs> Was Vivian Lee yeah. or someone like that? Anyway, maybe I was for sled. Who knows? A sled that starts a mystery. So we're back. We're here to talk games. We've got a bit on the agenda. Let's do what we always do and talk about what we've been playing first. So Simon, mm. you've been relatively um, restrained, I'd argue, with your gaming over the last month. Tell us what you've been playing. Well, I haven't really been that restrained. I've been. Um, <clears throat> I have been I have been playing quite a bit of Minecraft. <laughs> okay. The list we have there doesn't <laughs> really. I can't help it. I just I built so many lighthouses. <laughs> you don't want to know how many lighthouses I've built. Anyway, but uh, also been playing State of Decay Two, um, Elder Scrolls Online. Um, and Forza Horizon Three. I'm actually with uh, ESO. Um, kind of starting all over again because uh previously i was on the north american server and i've started up a character on the european server just in case i end up being closer to the european server than the north american one and uh, yeah it's actually kind of cool starting starting a character in what is now a pretty well established mmo because mm. uh, mm. there's there's plenty to do and it's it's all yes it's pretty. There's a pretty rich game. It's certainly. I'm sure there's as much to do with as there is in Skyrim. Although I doubt um, ESO is going to get re-released as many times as Skyrim has. Speaking of which, <laughs> wow. has, any, has anyone actually played uh, Skyrim VR? Out of curiosity. No, uh, but I do have some friends that have, and they. I got mixed reviews actually. Some people said they loved it. Other people hated it. So. Um, it's it's one of those mixed review sort of things. Yeah, it's probably a bit like State of Decay and that it depends whether mm. it's what you're looking for or whether you're yeah. not looking for. And um, certainly with a game like State of Decay, you need to... It's not it's really not for everyone. You if you yeah. need to know exactly what you're going into because it's not just run-and-gun zombie elimination. It's... Mm. it's no, uh, ESO's just had another expansion announced as well, haven't they? Yeah, Somerset. I think it's Some, it, yeah. It, I was, I was um, Summer, Summer something. I did see the ads yeah. recently for it. Um, but like, have they fixed up a lot of the issues that ESO had when it first launched, where it was just full of bots? Um, I don't know. I just found it very grindy and full of bots, is what I remember when I first played it. Uh, well, insofar as most MMOs are a, a bit on the grindy side, I can't really say that I've noticed it being any more grindy than. Than, than Warcraft and there's there's no I think there's I think there's plenty of variety and I have not noticed anything in the way of bots so I would mm. guess that like a lot of launch titles things get evened out if they're lucky enough to um, hang around long enough um, yeah R.I.P. Bosky and uh, and its games yes they get much of a, a fair suck of the sap as they say but yeah no I, I think ESO has matured into a pretty good game at this point Mm. Good. I think it has got a pretty loyal fan base from all accounts as well. So, I don't know. It's one of those games. I, every now and then I look and go, yeah, I wouldn't mind going back to playing it if I could find the time. Oh, there's so much else to demand. Uh, demand yeah. 
tension though, isn't it? It's just mm. Yeah, it's the same as SWOTOR. I'd love to go back and play through a lot of the story content for SWOTOR, but just finding the time to do it as well is another That's thing. Right. Well, I'm sure we'll get an incentive to do that probably within the next 12 months. You mean when they're going to close down the servers and it's our last opportunity to ever play <laughs> together again? I did not say that. I may have inferred it, but I did not say that. Yeah. Oh, you alleged it. Okay. Yeah, mm. yeah you're damn right, though. Uh, and I, I'm proud to, well, not proud because I do actually want to remedy the situation, but I've never played any version of Skyrim, let alone the VR version. You're not missing out. No, I, I know. And I know now that the, oh, wow, this is so beautiful time for playing that game has passed by about four years. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I played it when it first came out, um, and I had a relatively powerful PC to be able to play it at the time uh, on Mac settings, etc. And. I don't know. I just it was one of those games. I just, I just couldn't get into it. I I got lots of friends that love it and rave about it, saying it's one of the greatest games ever made. But for me, it was just one of those games. I just I just didn't find the appeal. I couldn't find it. I just yeah. yeah. I, that's and I've mentioned it before when we talked about me playing Fallout. Like I played it for a few hours and I just lost interest. I was didn't want to go any further. I was like, oh yeah, I see what you're doing here. Yeah, it's kind of cool, but I'm not interested. Yeah, it's like any MMO, though. You really need, mm. do need to chip chip away at it because otherwise you end up, you'll play a few hours and you think, oh, okay, this is quite good. I'll come back to this. You leave it for a week or two, come back mm. to it, and you've completely forgotten what the, the narrative through line was, right. who you yeah. everyone else is doing, and then you think, oh, I can't be bothered by this, which I suppose is one of the ref, uh, reasons I'm finding it refreshing starting a new character on the on the Euro server because mm. it's a chance to immerse myself in that world again without you know basically waking up with a case of amnesia and a really good sort True. yeah all right cool oh ben while you, you're talking um jumping on what you've been playing um yeah uh just looking at my list here and going where should i start um okay yeah, so one. i'm just going to go over some of the quick ones first so PUBG, heroes of the storm uh back in my list again uh metal gear solid 5 phantom pain uh i didn't pay for it i got part of the actually i've got two free copies of it now i've got part of ps plus and xbox games with gold now thank you very much so fuck you konami i still haven't paid for the game and i'm playing it so fuck you (laughs) um i also dragged out the uh wii u recently and fired up super smash brothers to play with a friend of mine um just because he wanted to play it and practice it and stuff. I'm like, man, I wish I, I'm going to drag it out and learn how to play this game again. And, oh, my God, I'd, I've forgotten how to fight. But uh, we had a lot of fun just playing it one night. We were just playing random matches. He was wiping the floor with me. I think I won, like, two matches out of 30. But we were just laughing and having an absolute ball. And, um, yeah, it's, it's still a really fun game. Uh, so I can't wait for Smash on the Switch to come out. Uh, you, sir, are a scrub. Yeah, I am a scrub. I lose and suck, so yes. But I had a lot of fun, and that's all that matters. Um, also played Middle uh, Middle Earth Shadows of War. That was actually on special on Steam the other week for half price, um, so I hope a few other people managed to pick it up. Uh, that probably is a good indicator that the Steam summer sale coming up, it will be on special again, so keep an eye open for that one because uh, those Middle Earth games uh, that uh, Monolith have been doing, the... Shadows of Mortar and Shadows of War, both very, very excellent titles, uh, worth picking up. Uh, played Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire, um, which is an isometric RPG in the veins of a Baldur's Gate or a Icewind Dale style game from the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, also very similar to Divinity Original Sin 2, which just came out on the Xbox as well. Um, and, it, you know, Divinity got rave reviews last year as uh, RPG of the Year, all that sort of stuff. Um, but Pillars is a uh, much more simplified version. I'd say it's a lot easier than Divinity. Um, and really, it's so very reminiscent of Baldur's Gate. It's ridiculous how much it reminds me of that series. And I love it for that. Um, I absolutely adored Baldur's Gate. And I played Baldur's Gate 2. God, I can't even... Couldn't even tell you how many hours I spent playing that game and replaying it. I I spent 
probably easy three four hundred hours playing that um just in one playthrough and i played it through probably four or five times um now getting to the goody stuff uh mario tennis uh so by the time this podcast is out uh the tournament thing for mario tennis on the switch will not be available um but i played it game comes out in june 22nd uh, a lot of fun actually really really a lot of fun it's that same sort of style of Mar- as mario kart where it's something you can just pick up and have a little bit of fun with for a few hours and then put down um it's so much fun and it's really and i've talked to a few people and they're all saying it's really surprising how much fun they're having with it um so i recommend looking into that one if you can uh and then destiny 2 Mm. um war mind expansion uh <laughs> let's yeah. say what, why, don't, uh, why, why don't we do that as a separate line item because i've got some thoughts on that as well okay all right well then i'll, I'll say sea of thieves and the hungering deep expansion <laughs> dlc um pretty much a lot of the same sort of vein like it was very shallow um so for those that don't know see if these released the hungering deep dlc this past week um and it's very very short and light on content added a few little new items into the game to go and collect uh there's a quest line where you go talk to a guy who's lost both his legs to a shark uh, he tells you to, if you want to know his story, he goes, says, oh, go read my journal. Is his name, go is find his his name journal. Bob? Is his name Bob? Nah, it's Merrick. Oh, that's no good. Yeah, I know. It doesn't really work with the joke you were going for. Nah. Um, Would anything? No. Um, <laughs> so you go find his, he's got a journal on the same island, which tells you to go find a barmaid at one of the outposts. You go find her. She tells you to go find another island. You find that island. You do the same thing. Find a journal go to another outpost, talk to another barmaid, then go to another island, find another journal, uh, go back to Merrick himself, who gives you then a drum and some tattoos to go kill the Megalodon shark. Uh, you get a crew of five people together, you sail, or you actually have, someone has to be playing the tune that Merrick's playing on the beach, so you have to play at the same time as him, so, you look, so you're playing it. Uh and then you have to have a crew. You need a total of five people playing to be able to summon this thing. So you actually need two crews because the maximum crew size is four, which is a giant pain in the ass. But thankfully, there's enough people doing it um, at the moment that it is possible to get done. Um, and we actually had a lot of fun. We met another crew of three, and uh, so there's four. There's seven of us all up fighting this one shark on the one boat and everything. We had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but the having to have five people playing was a bit rough uh, just to summon this thing so you can actually complete this boss fight and get the last couple of items out of the DLC, uh, which is a figurehead mast, and I think that was it pretty much. I think there was a flag or something you could buy as well. Um, but, yeah, so very, very light on with the Sea of Thieves DLC content. Thankfully, it was free, unlike Destiny 2, which, David, I believe you have some thoughts on. Yeah, well, so I'll just I'll skip past what I played. I'll just say the usual suspects for the sake of brevity, mm-hmm. and then we'll go into Destiny Two. So, um, yeah, I, I ended up buying the the Warmind expansion. It was what was it twenty nine dollars, something like that. Yeah. I could Ouch. be wrong. Um, I was pleasantly surprised initially, so I I felt like it was better than the last one, whose name I've already forgotten. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the story. I like the the strikes. I like the quest, um, the quests that you did, um, and it was harder. So mm. I was actually impressed with the fact that it would. There were some bits of it that I was having to give it a break for a couple of hours, come back and try again. So it wasn't just, you know, an easy run through, um, pretending that you you're pushing yourself a little bit. Um, mm. So I enjoyed it overall. That said, yeah, I did. Did I get twenty nine dollars worth? No, probably not. Um, it still finished a lot sooner than what I would have expected. I was getting my hopes up there at one stage. I thought, oh, there's a little bit more in this one, but it still finished way too early. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half to two hours yeah. worth of content, realistically. Um, I only really found it. Sorry. No, no, I was just just wondering if you played through both played both of the strikes because that was part of the story. 
Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that increased yeah. to the end of the strike. I assume yours, Ben, because yeah, with me it would have been probably three and three and a half hours because I'm a bit <laughs> crap at the strike stuff. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, funny story. So because I was so I was playing it on PC with some friends, um, uh, because I was so woefully undergeared, I was actually literally doing bugger all damage. At like, I think the recommended power level was. T- no, it was 290 for the first mission, and the story, oh, like, and the enemies were rated about 310, mm. and I was rated about 280. So I was already 10 below the recommended power for just for going into the thing. Um, so I was struggling to kill stuff. Then my friend who jumped onto the PC version only recently, he uh still hadn't finished the main story so he couldn't even start the story for um what's it called um warmind uh so i helped him finish that off and then we went into the warmind missions because i'd gone up a little bit to actually do some reasonable amounts of damage but then still didn't have enough damage to actually kill a lot of stuff in the first couple of missions but we went through it and he didn't even have he was doing like posting zeros he was doing no damage at all to any of the enemies um so we actually got to the end. There's a part where you first get the javelin uh, item to throw, you know, the spear thing that they have. Um, oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, so when we got, first got up to that, he was actually picking that up and throwing it at him and it was doing zero damage. It wasn't killing anything because he's still undergeared. Uh, so I was picking it up and throwing it at him and because um, I was still undergeared and underleveled as well. So I was still getting killed relatively easily. Uh, so we actually had a few kill screens come up during that period where it was like showing me having like 200 kills and him having zero kills. Mm. Um, that's how bad it was for us. So we ended up going back out doing like just jumping onto the regular strike playlist just to grind up some gear and get some better levels. And we were, Oh cool. We're doing the new strikes for the DLC. This is awesome. Oh sweet. This is really cool. Uh, so we went back to do the story missions um we had a third join us by this stage who was actually much better geared than we were and we went through we started the story missions again from scratch and a lot better experience and then we get up to the last two story missions and we find out oh these are the two strikes we just did oh shit yeah. we've already beat the story yeah and then we get to the end of it and we're like is that it hmm. is that all <laughs> so yeah it wasn't exactly um yeah, see, I only played the strikes as that part much. of the story mission. I didn't select them separately, but so I, I was quite mm. happy with how the story wrapped up. But it was just too short. Yeah, I it, like there was like the missions themselves were actually quite fun. They mm. were they weren't terrible. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good design in what content there there was. It's just it just felt so short. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Escalation Protocol, I'm still too undergeared to do it and to find a groups groups to do it because uh, they're saying, oh, yeah, you know, it's a high-level activity for three players because you're going to have three people in a patrol. But it, most p- groups are struggling to do it with at high level with two groups of three, a group of six. So I don't know what they're thinking. There needs to be some fine-tuning or tweaking of that because there's no incentive to even go and attempt it unless you you know you've got a full group of people there ready to go that are all reasonably high level um i don't know there just didn't doesn't seem to be a lot to draw me back to play it uh but the only good thing i can say is private matches are back and we ended up setting up a private match system where we had i think we had about six of us all playing at once just in private matches playing rumble and we had an absolute blast playing private matches, just laughing and carrying on and being absolute idiots. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It's probably some of the most fun I've ever had in Destiny. Hmm. But again, that single or that campaign-based com- uh, content is just very lacking. Yep, um, it is. Mm. All right. So, yeah. Not to mention the fact that they had, just from a, a law perspective, they had you fighting a worm god. Yeah. Of the worm gods. Oh, well, the other law perspective is that we find out that Anna Bray is Elsie, uh, well, Elsie Bray 
Anna Bray's sister, who's the main protagonist character that you join, uh, is actually the Exo Stranger. Yeah, it's um, it's right. reached a point where, as far as I'm concerned, any any law coming out from basically in Destiny that's got anything to do with Destiny Two, as far as I'm concerned, is Highlander Two. I don't know if you're aware of that movie. Uh, because it doesn't I'm exist. I'm aware of the movie, but I didn't watch it. <laughs> no, Highlander 2 doesn't exist. Any any fans of Highlander will quite happily tell you that there is no Highlander 2. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, at this point, there is no Destiny 2. The Worm Gods were lived, lived at the core of Fundament. They they are billions of years old. They are like the one notch down from the darkness, although apparently the darkness doesn't exist anymore. It's... I, I suppose I should be grateful because effectively it means that the, the game and anything that it has to do is now dead to me. I, I quite happily can stop caring. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, If you uh, want your law yeah. fixed, you can go watch a My Name is Bifor, whoever. And just, oh, yeah. no. Uh, no. No, 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 no. I don't even, I don't even remember. It. No. I've listened to his old stuff, but he's just he's just sounding so depressed at the moment. It's, it's actually quite sad because... I think it's because uh, Destiny 2 is probably letting him down a lot. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly what it is. It's it's yeah. just such a disaster at this point. Um, it's You just keep thinking, it can't get any worse. The Worm Fight was does. fun, though. Worm Fight was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was fun for the five minutes that it lasted. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's fine. You can play a video game um, where you, where you uh, battle Jesus and um, Optimus Prime. Mm. I mean... Yeah, because because who gives a shit anymore? It's 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 all it's all a, a big pile of bollocks with a bunch of people on the writing team who I'm sure are doing their very best, whatever. But apparently, their very best isn't very good. Well, so, whatever happened to the basic principles of three act story writing? Don't people do that anymore? I don't know. Ask Ryan Johnson. I guess not. All right. So speaking, well, Ryan of- Johnson had like five acts. Sorry. Speaking, speaking, speaking of content teams and lack of content and bad writing, well, we don't know it'll be bad writing. Um, apparently, there's some new info coming on Anthem. So uh, it was an announcement last week um, saying that um, there'll be five things coming to the EA Play. I don't even know what EA Play is. That an actual real life gathering or a virtual extravaganza? EA, EA, EA Play is their their E3 event, but okay. uh, like. On- a lot of other um, publishers they don't actually host it at the convention center. They do it. Uh, they do it in the, in the periphery. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and apparently we get five things. We get a new trailer. Woohoo! More gameplay. Allegedly, I believe that when I see it. A combat showcase. So they'll be showing in depth how the combat works. Um, developer insights, which is just another way of saying we'll talk more about the stuff we've already unveiled, and then a look behind the curtain, so it'll be showing off some of the concept and production art, because just like Destiny, that really gets you excited for the reality, seeing the concept art. Do I sound, mm. sound <laughs> cynical enough? Oh, oh, it's, well. so, it's so hard to get hyped now, because <laughs> you can only get lied to so often before you just start going, yeah, I'll... I'll wait until it comes out and then I'll let you know. But as far as this build-up goes, you you guys uh, are a bunch of lying mofos. Uh, you've been caught lying any number of times. Um, it's 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 just becoming painful, quite frankly. Mm. Sorry to be a downer on this, but I would like to get excited. I'd like to get hyped, and that's not worked very out very well for me for the probably the last. Five six years, quite frankly, and I don't really think I've got the energy to just be let down, set up just to be let down again. Yeah. Well, even Facebook, yeah. even Facebook's not excited to just unpublish the Anthemic podcast page because it had a lack of content. Oh well, there we go. <laughs> That's yeah. Hard, yeah. 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 It's a bit hard to stay hyped when they don't tell you anything for a long time. Um, the interesting thing, and it's just something I thought of as I was reading the more gameplay part on their announcement page does that mean um seen any gameplay well well apparently we have in that they flew around and all that and then they were fighting some stuff in that yeah. last trailer yeah, um, no. in 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 engine anime pre preset animation is not gameplay and they they can try that if they want to but that's that's another line of bullshit that i'm not taking anymore yeah well i'm just i'm ignoring that part i'm just saying I, they're saying they're showing off some gameplay anyway with this new part. Um, and the one thing that actually just stood out to me was flying. And it just made me remember 
the people from WoW, um, uh, you know, Blizzard was saying that with Warcraft, one of the worst things that they did from a design philosophy was introduce flying. Absolutely. Because that meant that people could go here, there, and everywhere. Um, and it just created this monumental giant, I don't, I don't know what to call it, but just made the whole development process and the design process for the world that much more difficult. Um, well, and the, yeah. The problem is everything becomes Ohio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a fly. A lot more vec. Verticality. They, they did. Verticality. They did. Just, just to be take the other uh, view though. They did fix that for Warlords of Draenor and Legion in that you couldn't get flying until you'd done a whole bunch of other stuff. Essentially, done all the story content, done some other quests, and yeah. then finally you were given flying. Yeah. Well, that yeah. that was they've done that in the past as well. They said, no, well, you need to reach this level first before you can actually unlock flying. Blah blah blah. Like I think it was Wrath of the Lich King. They said you had to be level. Yeah, that was oh, I want to say 78. Yeah. yeah, you had to be level 78 because the last two zones required you to need flying anyway. But um, the, the thing is, if flying's done properly, if it's done strategically, it's okay. The problem that uh, we had with the flying in WoW was the fact you could go too damn high. If you if they kept the maximum ceiling to something far, far lower to the ground, you know, just skimming the top of the trees, that would have mm-hmm. been, been better because... Uh, you 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 get you can see what's on the ground. You get a sense of scale rather than just flying so far above. All you can see is uh, is the texture tiling, and which is just kind of ludicrous. So I think there's a middle ground. You can have flying as long as it's low altitude. Yeah, I'll, even that still requires certain you know creates a bunch of development issues and things like that. True, design true. issues. So I don't know. It just yeah, it may. I just remember it making life difficult for the WoW developers, especially when they tried to bring it in. I think it was Cataclysm where they tried to expand it to the rest of the world, and then they realized, "Oh shit, what have we just what have we agreed to do?" Mm. Um, and it, they're still kind of, you know, suffering for it. But you know, they've obviously worked around it. And that's part of their design uh, sets now. So Battle for Azeroth, I think there's a, another chunk of the world being changed in that again. So. I think they're used to what they have to do to make sure flying's going to work in it. But I'm sure this is kind of another reason why maybe some of the delays have been in place for Anthem is that they've gone, oh, we're going to have these robot suits and they can fly and do all this. And then they've gone, oh, shit, look how much extra content we now have to create to cater for the flying. Oh, look at the backlash Destiny's getting and whatever else is getting because of lack of content. Oh shit! We we really need to put some extra time into this, um, and the monetization features they no doubt had to roll back because of yeah, well, reasons, reasons. Yes, yes. Actually, funny thing, bringing up the monetization things, especially with EA, um, Battlefield Five's monet, uh, no loot boxes. Um, no, there is still microtransactions where you can buy cosmetic only items, so like skins, guns, etc. Well, gun skins, I should say. Uh, all that sort of stuff, but otherwise it's, you know, no loot boxes, no loot pinata. I think that's kind of cool. I think Dice is, Dice and EA have learned their lesson from that one, so that's a good thing. Yeah, we'll see how long the lesson sticks for, but it's a, it's promising. It's a good sign. It gives me hope that uh, we might be able to find a, a, a happy uh, medium. A happy medium. I mean, if they if they want to do the uh, pay to play, mm. um, like to win thing then they can do that because they just had to do what Bungie's done recently, which is sign a distribution deal with, and I've forgotten the name of the company. Uh, but oh, basically, the Chinese mob? The, yeah, the Chinese outfit that handle uh, the WoW distribution and sales in uh, uh, for Activision Blizzard in China. Um, so uh, it looks like Bungie uh, working on a new IP for that. So uh, they, they may get the... Uh, they may get the Eververse working the way they always wanted it to, but just not, just not in our part of the world. Yeah, NetEase, that's what it was. That's it, NetEase. $100 million in Bungie to make new games. Yeah. So right. who knows what that'll entail. And um, we happy few. It's, this is a game we've talked about a few times over what's well, quite a period of time now. So in Australia... 
we weren't able to get it a classification. Who wants to talk to that one and why it wasn't given a classification? I'm assuming it was because of what? Gore? No. Drugs. Drugs. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, um, basically, they turned around saying it was glorifying drug use um, in that it makes the game easier when you take the drug joy. Now, for those that don't know, We Happy Few is basically it's a dystopian-type society-based uh, game where everyone takes this drug called Joy uh, to be placated and, I don't know, like just this hypnotized mass, um, drug-induced mass, let's put it that way. Um, and you as the player, you stop taking joy and you realize that the world around you is actually this dark, horrifying world um, and this everyone's been lied to by this drug. So you actually stop taking the drug and the drug itself is like you can obviously take it so that one, the world looks normal and like people around you are telling you to keep taking it and et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's kind of pressuring you to take it. Um, it's kind of illegal not to. Also, yeah, it, it's set. Yeah, I think they say that in the game, it's it's a law that everyone needs to take their joy tablet every day, etc. Yeah, because it comes just um, to the people who are taking joy. Mm. When people aren't, it's they kind of stand out pretty significantly. Probably yeah. something with all the rat pinatas. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And um, yeah, so I think. The classification board's got it wrong. It's not that the, it's glorifying drugs. I think it's highlighting an issue where drugs are, well, basically bad, for example. Mm. But I, the game isn't about glorifying drugs. It's about actually refusing to take this drug, this placebo, uh, put you into this, I don't know, this happy coma type thing. Um, so it's actually more about refusing drugs and surviving. Because it's a survival game too, isn't it, Simon? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think they've got it completely oh, wrong yeah. on this. It's, it's but we can still digitally though, can't we? Uh, I mean, no, but it's Microsoft exclusive. No, no, no. It's not because uh, the uh, distribution got taken up by uh, Gearbox Publishing. It's multi-platform oh. now. There'll definitely be oh, okay. ways around it for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely have to import it. I think that one. But uh, yeah, it's chance. It's been taken back to the classification board, and they're willing to talk to the classification board about changing how it appears in the game or editing it and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they they just want to talk to them and say, no, look, we we think you've got this one wrong. Yeah. This isn't what the drug is in the game for. It's not to make the game easier. It's actually a story type element to say, hey, this this world is wrong. You need to refuse the drug. And it makes Although, well, the game is is specifically less of a struggle if you do take the the drug, if you do take mm. joy. It is yeah. it is significantly harder if you don't. Uh, I mean, you can play it without taking the drug, but I can see the point the, the censorship board are making, although I think they're hopelessly off the mark. Yeah, I think they're missing the point of the drug yeah. in the game. Um, it's a story element. It's not yeah, it's... It's yeah. certainly not making Definitely it any yeah. I understand why they're upset about it as well, but it's not about glamorizing drug use. No. Or rewarding drug use, for that matter. All right. And something totally different. Nintendo Switch have announced their online offering, which will finally let you back up your damn saves. Woo. Better late than never, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Do we need to talk much about that? It's pretty self-evident. They're releasing it um, in September. Uh, you won't have to worry about losing all your data. Oh, isn't that nice of them? Um, and also, yeah. you'll also get a... Uh, the subscription will give you an access to a smartphone app, which is currently free, <laughs> and 20, 20, uh, 20 NES games. Um, twenty nine ninety five a year plan, which is... That certainly beats PlayStation offering. Yeah. The whole smartphone app thing is actually just for the voice chat because Nintendo hasn't implemented voice chat into their console yet, which is fucking stupid. You have a microphone input. We're in 2018. Every other fucking system under the sun does an online chat. Why can't your freaking console? Yes. Um, uh, it's. I mean, it is, it's a lot cheaper than the other platforms mm-hmm. offering. 
then it offers so much less. It's yes. it's probably quarter asked, and we may hopefully expect it to reach half asked at some point. Yes. But I wouldn't hold that. You might want to clench a bit longer for that. And well, I like that there's some NES games that we can play on the Switch. That'll be that'll yeah. be good. So the launch ones are Ice Climber, Legend of Zelda, Balloon Fight, uh, <laughs> Soccer, Tennis, Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, Doctor Mario, Super Mario Brothers Three, and Donkey Kong. So. I'm actually looking forward to Super Mario Brothers Three. I love that game. I'm looking forward to Balloon Fight. Not to actually play it. I'm just going to because I've got one of the uh, the NES Minis um, on pre-order, and I'm just going to leave it sitting there, plugged into the TV with the menu screen, so I can listen to the music. It's the best part of that game. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I love some of that old music. Oh, it's um, great. It is. Uh, yeah, I think thirty bucks for a year though is pretty decent. That's thirty dollars Australian too. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. You're, give, give me thirty dollars, and I'll provide you service to an online service you're never going to use. So, uh, yeah, I, I can save you money. That's right. Yeah. Give me twenty Netflix. Bucks. All right. Let's let's yeah. Let's jump <laughs> into some pop culture. Speaking of Netflix. Um, we'll start with a bit of gossip. So, is Kathleen Kennedy about to leave Lucasfilm? Probably. Yeah, that's that's the money. Mm. There's there's some suggestions that so there may be some movement in play. Um, there's there's a few ardent supporters, John Campier being one of them, who uh, recently released a video about five reasons why Kathleen Kennedy needs to move on. Um, all the while professing his love and admiration for her, but she really needs to get the hell out. Yeah. Uh, my words, not his, but his. <laughs> go, you've, you've, you're, you're wonderful. You're, you're smart. You're talented, but um, also, and the thing that the fact that that's actually started cropping up since Solo's release and the relative failure of that movie. Um, these, the, some of these uh, closely linked voices to to the elite within uh, Lucasfilm and associated people has has started to creep out. There's also something which might possibly have might be accelerating that, which is the uh, Disney Fox potential merger, which you may or may not have heard about. Uh, Bob Iger is particularly uh, Bob Iger's the CEO of Disney is particularly keen on getting all of Star Wars under one roof. If they get uh, if they can buy Fox, they're going to get. Don't you mean Marvel? No. What is what Star Wars does Fox own? They own the distribution for both uh, the original the original and the prequels. Oh, distribution. Uh, oh, 20th century. For, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So they've still got that. He really wants to be able to get everything under the one roof. And uh, there's been some issues recently because of the some of the ructions with The Last Jedi and the massive drop-off with the, the second weekend and then the, uh, the pretty substantial drop-off that's occurred with Solo as well as the less-than-stellar first weekend, which is where most movies make the bulk of their money. So Disney's share price has dropped. The offer that Disney were making to uh, to Fox shareholders was a share swap. Mm. So now that their share price has dropped, that offering is actually less on a on a monetary level. Uh, Comcast, who's the other company that's trying to buy Fox out from under Disney, uh, they're offering a straight cash buyout. So there's there's a bit of to and fro. So it's you it's it's not an exaggeration to say that um, the mismanagement of Solo and arguably the the new Star Wars franchise under Disney, uh, the the mismanagement of that has led to a net effect um, that's actually impinging on the CEO's specific aspirations for the brand. So there's got to be some pressure brought to bear, and it depends if they're successful. That's one thing, but uh, there's a there's a number of complicating issues involved in this entire process. Obviously, mm. it's not the only factor involved, but I imagine he's giving her a bit of a side eye at this point, as uh, as a number of other people are. So it's just interesting that 
it's just interesting that some of these voices have started to pipe up yeah. at this stage. It 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 leads one to uh, to uh, look quizzically in that general direction. Yeah. And you you mentioned, um, I mean, like no one can maintain that sort of pace anyway. I would have thought it was time for new blood, whether it's going well mm. or, or otherwise. But um, speaking of solo, so have either of you guys seen it? Because I know I haven't yet. I haven't seen it yet. I did have uh, probably, I think it's a pretty major spoiler actually spoiled for me, courtesy of a headline from news.com.au. So fuck you, news.com.au. But um, do you guys think that the bad performance for Solo is more release schedule and marketing than um, the actual film itself? I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on the quality of it. But well, from all accounts, it's it's reviewed pretty well. Yeah, you could look from my view. You could be right in that, and I've just had a, a hectic few weeks. But I, I'm devastated the fact I didn't even get to see Infinity War before it left cinemas, let alone getting to see Solo. Oh, is that so out it, of cinemas? Yeah, okay. well, it, it is down here. It finished on Thursday, so all right. I'm sure in the the major cities, it's probably around another week or two. Um, so you're right, there's a real release issue between sort of Infinity mm. War, Deadpool 2, this, um, and there's a couple of other sideline ones that some people have had interest in. I, yeah, you can only go and see so many bloody movies. Yeah, I just what I was just thinking about. It, I was like, you know, for a dollar's reason, it's it's got to be a little bit of a... Um, it's It's got to be weighing on a few people where there's like there's just too many in too short a span. Um like you said, you haven't seen Infinity War yet. I didn't see Infinity War until I think it was like two days before Deadpool two came out. I did mm. see Deadpool two the day it did come out. Um, oh, sorry, day after it came out because uh, I managed to get out of work early that day and go see it. But yeah, um, I don't know. Does that does the time thing matter to you guys? Is, if, do you think it's just oversaturation of these big blockbusters in the space of short space of, what was it, four weeks yeah. all three movies came out? Um, yeah, but it's not un, it's not unusual for there to be a, a, a number of movies released at a particular mm. uh, short period of time. I mean, Marvel released, what was it, three movies. There would be uh, so Black Panther, um, Thor Ragnarok, and Infinity War. There's those yeah, but they were they were spaced out. They were like Thor Ragnarok was November, Black Panther was February, and then Infinity War is end of April, start of May. So there's like months between them. These this was like three major these sort of event movies in the space of three four weeks. Yeah, but they're not all necessarily going to appeal to the same people. And it even oh, that's if, true. Yeah. Even if they do, uh, there's five months going on six months between um, Last Jedi and Solo. So it's not mm. Star Wars fatigue. I think it's just the case that this wasn't a movie that particularly excited anybody. It wasn't a movie that we needed made. I would have been far more interested and far more behind if they had released uh, the Obi-Wan movie. Mm-hmm. That would have made a lot more sense. You could have brought Ewan McGregor back. He would have been age-appropriate for the the time period, that you know, the, I, to the contemporary, which would have been yeah. fine. So there wouldn't have been any any noise about the recasting um, because there wouldn't have needed to be any. Uh, and that's one of the issues. Do you really want to see someone else playing um, Han, Han Solo? Solo yeah. I, think that, I, th- I think personally for me, I like I wouldn't be interested in an Obi-Wan movie the same as I wouldn't. I'm not really or I haven't really been that interested in the Solo movie. I, and I think that does come back to a marketing thing. Maybe not a release date thing, but hmm. at least a marketing thing because how much marketing was there for this movie? Not a hell of a lot. Um, actually, there was. The movie itself cost about $250 million US, including reshoots, probably, but that's being conservative. Mm. Uh, and you can add another $200 million onto that for... Okay, the well, where, were the bus, where was the bus stop posters and the the billboard posters and things for that for it? Because I haven't seen it. I, go, I drive on a major highway to and from work every day. I haven't seen a single thing for Solo. I drive past plenty of bus stops in Brisbane City. I don't see anything relating to Solo at all. I haven't seen a single thing. I've seen stuff for Deadpool two. I've seen stuff for Infinity War. Well, that's probably you know, one of the reasons. What well, that's probably one of the reasons why it did so poorly overseas. I mean, I think it made sixty million dollars in China. Mm. Sixty million dollars mm. in China. In China, yeah, and that's it. Uh, so oh, I'm just sitting. That's why I'm sitting here geez. thinking to myself. 
did they really market it very well? Because I don't see a lot of ads for it online on websites. Like you go to your Kotaku or your Polygon websites and things like that. You normally have ads for these sorts of things. Uh, IGN as well. I, I, I haven't seen a hell of a lot of advertising online for it. I've seen a lot for Deadpool. Um, Infinity War kind of hyped itself up. It didn't need it. I mean, it would have got, it did get a huge marketing budget, but like it did, but it had been built. There was 10 years worth of uh, build up, build up to it. it as well. Yeah, exactly. I so, don't honestly think it was anything really necessarily to do with the marketing. You can mm. push things as hard as you want and make it as in your face as you want. And it's not necessarily going to sell the thing. I think the main problem is that people are interested in the mainline movies. Uh, mm. They were interested enough in rogue one when it first mm. came out that um, didn't have a bad drop off in the second weekend. Um, but this one, I mean, it had, I, I just don't think anyone was particularly interested when you've got to say that, Oh, Deadpool two hurt a star Wars movie. Mm. Think about that sentence for a moment. Yeah. Deadpool two. Uh, so that point you have to start going, well, okay. Either, either there's something's fundamentally wrong here that people just weren't families just weren't interested in seeing this movie. We've all, it's already become blatantly clear that um, whereas previous movies, even the prequels, people would go and see it once and then they go and see it again and they might even see it a third time. The repeat viewing for Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, uh, Rogue One, although there's a little bit more with the traffic with Rogue One, um, and um, particularly with Solo, no one's going back. And in the case mm. of Solo, most people didn't go in the first place. Yeah, well, I, I still haven't gone and seen it. Like the weekend it came out, I was working all weekend, and then this weekend just gone. I've been on call, so I can't. Hmm. Um, I'm looking at going in to see it next weekend. Um, hopefully, it's I, still in the cinema. But I, well, it might be. I don't think I'll have too much difficulty finding a, a booking though. No. no, but I'm just I'm just thinking to myself, like, is it because like we're engrossed in this nerd culture where? We are the target audience, but we're a target audience for all three of these. Is is there a burnout there after, you know, two reasonably big summer blockbusters virtually back-to-back and then a third one? I think there probably is to a point because it was, Solo wasn't an event movie. The Last Jedi was an event mm. movie. Force Awakens was an event movie. Rogue One even was an event movie because... And then Infinity was, War was an event movie. I mean, that, if we talk was, about... We, we didn't talk about that in the last podcast, but... If we talk about that, like I've got friends saying, "Oh, this is the Empire Strikes Back of our generation." I'm like, "Yeah, no, it's not." But um, it's I that's actually the sort of response I, people are saying about it. I got to admit, I walked out of that movie going, "This is the Empire Strikes Back." Oh, really? Uh, did you? <laughs> well, yeah, I looked. Yeah, it was. It's it's definitely the second act. There's no mm. two ways about it. Um, it's. I mean, there's uh, there's a, a number of things you can say were wrong with the movie, but overall, on the whole, they they just got so much right, and mm. you just left there sitting at the, just sitting in the silence as yeah. the end credits roll, and everyone in the theater is just quiet. Mm. Chatter starts to build up. That's when you know that the things at the the climax has had an impact on people because it's not the not the sort of bored silence you get; it's the kind of Holy crap. I must have been one of the few people that went going, is that it? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, it didn't impact me at all. No? No. Nah. Oh, so, well, here we go. See, um, I'm, 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 maybe not, I'm dead inside. Not as, I'm not as dead inside as you are, maybe. <laughs> I don't right. know. Maybe I'm just more easily manipulated. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think the, look, just to go back to what we were talking about, I think the main problem with, um, with Star Wars movies at the moment, especially the side stories or Han mm. Solo, a side quest, uh, the main problem with these things is that there's too much fan service and they're too derivative. There's nothing that really is exciting people. I mean, I don't think I would have gone to see the Obi-Wan movie either because yeah. I know it's going to be full of references and fan service and bullcrap and just trying to glue all of the you know, phrases or ideas or... Uh, you know, something that someone had sitting on a table somewhere and trying to cram all of those into a movie and just make it just because, oh, well, that's familiar. That's familiar. That's familiar. It's, it's just bull crap regurgitation of 
of stolen things from other arguably better movies. That is the problem with the Star Wars franchise at the moment. That is why things it's it's falling apart so badly and it is falling apart badly look yeah. at the numbers well, if you well, yeah in terms of numbers dollar numbers yeah it's not doing too well but like i said everyone i've spoken to and everyone that's like the reviews for it have been genuinely really good i don't think i've read a bad review on it um don't, reviews don't pay shareholders i realize that but like even the word of mouth from like people friends and etc and people i've seen on the internet talking about it. they've all said it's a good movie and they enjoyed it they really liked it um most well, the reviews i've heard have said it's uh, it's okay yeah so i don't know like i've had a lot of friends say oh my god this is this is really good i like this this is great uh it was a lot of fun they said it was, every everyone said it's predictable but it's really fun um hmm. yeah, yeah i don't know look forward to seeing it probably on a laptop screen alongside infinity wars um, Infinity War. All right. Mm. Now let's move on to a last segment, which um, I want you both to hold on to your seats. We've had a listener suggestion for a discussion. So Don't lie to us. We don't have listeners. Oh, uh, we do. So uh, admittedly, though, this is a friend of mine that I grew up with. So oh, I don't, it right. doesn't count as a spontaneous... Like he's, he listens because he knows um, that the podcast happens and he's been a dedicated ah, listener okay. for a while. So... Huge oh, shout out to oh, Sean, sure. who's um, based, I think, sorry, Sean, I think you're based in South Australia now. Apologies if I've got that wrong. I think David's making up people again. Um, no, I'm not. No, Sean, Sean and I yeah, go way, way back to when we were teenagers. He's a couple of years younger than me. Of course um, you do. Yes. He had yes. a TRS-80 and I had a VIC-20. That's how far. Uh, call, yep, yep. Calling the uh, men in the white coats now. So Sean had a really good – Sean has actually done some writing uh, for uh, reviewing books for the Hugo Awards. So for those unaware, the Hugo Awards are sort of yearly literary awards covering science fiction or fantasy, been around since about 1953, says Dave looking at Wikipedia. Um, and they've very much expanded over the years to include um, TV and movies. So Sean's suggestion was, did we want to have a discussion – of the nominee, nominees for this year for the best dramatic presentation long form and the best dramatic presentation short form. So because we're really starting to push for time, I think we might do the long form one and maybe carry over the short form. So these are the nominees and I'm, unless I'm mistaken, I thought the Hugos had been announced. So I might even while we're talking about it, tell you what came out the winner. But the, no, the nominees for long form were Blade Runner 2049, uh, Get Out, which I'm unaware of, um, The Shape of Water, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Thor Ragnarok, and Wonder Woman. So that's a fairly decent Star Wars. And I, I apologize, you guys might mm. be aware of Get Out. I'm just not. Um, I am, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, I mean, I, I'll probably just jump in quickly of, of those if I had to vote for one, if I was a member of the Hugo committee, I would probably go Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. And that's literally because I haven't seen Blade Runner, Get Out, or The Shape of Water. Yeah, I have seen Star Wars, Thor, and Wonder Woman. Um, Get Out, I've heard all these wonderful things. It's something I do really, really want to watch. Uh, it's by Jordan Peele, who was part of Key and Peele, uh, the oh, yeah. comic duo. But it's actually a horror film. It's about a young black man who's engaged to... I think he's engaged to a white woman, and they go back to visit her family, and then he realizes there's something wrong in this town and it's, it's, it's very race driven, um, story, but it's a horror story. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you all the details cause I just don't know enough, but that's the very general vibe I got from it. And it look, it sounds really cool. Everyone that's seen it or uh, yeah, they've raved about it saying it's oh, really great, really great. So, okay. I'll have to check it out. Um, it's one I want to check out blade runner. I've heard really great things about too, but I just, I just haven't seen it. Well, I stupidly didn't um, see it in the theatres and I, I um, paid to watch it um, on a streaming service and um, because mm. it's, what, three and a half hours, some ridiculous amount of time. Is I, it really that long? I, it's, I could, might have that wrong, but I'm sure it's at least three oh hours anyway. And I, I, I started at like 10 o'clock at night and I've got to admit I fell asleep 45 minutes in. I shouldn't have been lying down yeah. watching it. So I, I need to try that one again. It's beautiful to look yeah. at. Yeah. But I, I think, see, that's another one that, 
last year got really great reviews when it came out and everything, but it kind of got lost in the shuffle as well. Yeah. Like, a lot of people didn't go and see it. Um, I don't know, and I think that goes back to our last discussion on Solo, is maybe it's just lost in the shuffle. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I'd, I'd pick last, Thor Ragnarok out of the, the three I have seen anyway. Um, I loved Last Jedi. I, had, I actually had a lot of fun with it. Yes. Um, despite the canteen, uh, the casino planet thing being very out of place for the entire story. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Thor Ragnarok, that's just a really fun, great movie from start to finish. And Wonder, Wo- Wonder Woman's really great and fun and everything as well. I actually really enjoyed Wonder Woman too, but I'd say I enjoyed Ragnarok better. Simon, what, what would, if you had to pick one, what would you pick? I would probably pick The Shape of Water. Okay. The main, the main problem I have with things like this is um, taking the dramatic treatment, the, the narrative, the, the story, um, and separating them from the, the visuals mm. and the more evocative, emotive parts of a visual presentation is really, really tricky. Um but I, yeah, I would go with the Shape of Water. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I thought was really is. I mean, I bought it. I've got it on Blu ray. Uh, it's a great movie, um, mm. and certainly makes far better use of Harrison Ford than another movie that we won't mention. Um, the but uh, yeah, you, you know, you know the <laughs> um, yeah, where he's not made a shish kebab. Um, get out. The amazing thing is that, that is such a that's a. I know it's a horror film, so the word visceral is kind of a, a kind of a kind of appropriate word, I suppose. Mm. Uh, it's, but it's not it, visceral and gory, though, is it? No, but it's no. It's, it's it's visceral in more in the um, in the ambient mm. way. It's it's you actually actually it is actually frightening. You out do feel you do feel scared for now involved. Do I get the premise for that right? Uh, yes, I would. I would say that's pretty close. Oh, there um, you go. See, I was right. So, cool. <laughs> uh, and the fact that it's a Blumhouse production production is uh, all the more amazing because they really haven't been known for fine, uh, fine movie presentations. But um, hey, yeah, it maybe... had that sort of independent budget though, didn't it? Oh yeah, very much yeah. so. Mm. But it just shows you it's not how much money you spend on something, Blumhouse Jedi. It's what you do with it. Mm. Um, so Shape of Water, we've already talked about. That's just, it's, I mean, it's a weird premise, but it's Guillermo del Toro. What do you expect? Mm. But it's, it is, it's enchanting. What can you say? Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, beautifully shot, has some fantastic moments. Complete bullshit. Thor Ragnarok was great fun. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was, it's just a good time. It looks good. It moves along at a clipping yes. pace. A good, solid story leads in nicely, obviously, to Infinity War. Um, but as far as being the best in the category, no, it's a mm. damn good film, and I'm quite happily going to be buying that one as well. Uh, Wonder Woman again. Uh, I mean, compared to its stable mates, it's a work of art. Um, having said that, I also own Batman versus um, the Robin. Batman, Batman Superman oh, and. Superman, <laughs> Batman versus Robin. That's that's a porno, yeah. and um, uh, and of Steel. So and Suicide Squad. I've actually in, quite enjoyed the DCEU movies. Mm. Uh, well, Wonder Woman is an absolute standout. Gal Gadot is well. She is yeah, Wonder Woman. She's really good in that film. Yeah, she yeah. is really. Uh, so yeah, I mean they are all really well. Most of them are really good contenders, um, but yeah. There you go. Shape yeah, of water. Shape of water. yeah. See, I, I think that comes down to me and David just not seeing the first, yeah. first three there. Blade Runner, Get Out, Shape of That's Water. That's right. I saw forty five minutes. I liked what I saw. <laughs> Blade <Runner. laughs> uh, yeah, no, cool. And we will talk about. Try and remember, we'll talk about short form next time. It essentially came down to Black Mirror, The Deep, The Good Place, which I have watched a few of. I think based on one of you guys' recommendations, um, and Star Trek Discovery. No, we'll talk in there as well. I I've seen none of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, extremely, <laughs> extremely briefly, I do have a recommendation for you guys on Netflix. If you haven't already started watching it, there's a new um, dystopian thing called The Rain. Have either of you heard of that one? Is it as good as The Expanse? Uh, no, I wouldn't put it in the same league as The Expanse. But it, it's basically 
um, set purely on Earth. Uh, I'm guessing it's been made. I haven't looked it up. It's, it's made in a Scandinavian country, and it certainly has Scandinavian actors. And I'm sorry, I don't know whether they're Finnish, Swedish, whatever. Um, and it, it's essentially that someone's stuffed around with a virus, and it's in the rain. So every time it rains, essentially uh, people like uh, die within a minute in horrific agony. Um, and it's it's the story of these survivors and whatever. But, yeah, I'm quite enjoying it. Three episodes in, if you want something that's not super innovative but still interesting, uh, it's worth a look. What's it called again? Uh, the Rain. The Rain. As in, yeah. Just, uh, yeah I'll, I'll actually throw one into the Netflix recommendations as well. Um, I actually noticed it was on there the other night uh, just by pure coincidence. I haven't watched it on Netflix because I've already watched it like three times previously. Uh, but Tokyo Ghoul, which is an anime, uh, it's it's a horror-inspired anime where basically there's these uh, creatures known as ghouls living in our worlds, and they eat human flesh, uh, but they take the disguise of humans. Um, and it's about a young man who he goes out on this date with this lovely young lady, uh, and then turns out she's actually a ghoul, and she attacks him, and then. Uh, there's an accident during the fight or during the, the murder, I should say. And um, he wakes up and finds out that her organs have been transplanted inside of him and he's slowly becoming a ghoul and he's this half-breed, half-human, half-ghoul. Um, it's a really, really cool anime, uh, really great manga. Uh, the first two seasons are on Netflix. The third season's currently uh, being released week by week at the moment. Um, but I'd really recommend going watching that first season, especially because it's really, really good. Um, that first season is amazing. Second season, not so much because it derails itself a lot from what the manga was um, originally. Um, still, a pretty decent story um, and enjoyable, but um, it gets a little bit confusing, and especially there's a time jump between season two and season three of about two to three years. Uh, so there's a lot. I'm still trying to work out what's happening in season three, and I'm about nine episodes deep now at the moment as well. Uh, but yeah, seasons one and two. Found them on Netflix the other night. Cool. Go check them out, especially that season one. Excellent, Simon. Oh. Any super quick recommendation? Yeah, super quick. Three percent. Season two has recently kicked off, which I haven't watched, but season one is pretty damn awesome. Um, if you don't mind the subtitles, but you will get used to them. Cool. Three percent. Three percent. Cool. And I haven't mm. watched it, but I have. Um, I, I'm hoping to. Is Fahrenheit four five ones had an HBO movie treatment? Ooh. Oh, I a assume, remake. I, I assume it's Delightful. a movie. Yeah, I assume it's a movie and not a series. But yeah, what, um, I'm going to check that out at some stage. Wasn't that a John Travolta movie? Uh, that was the fire. fire. <laughs> no, it's about a fire fire department or something, isn't it? Yeah, I could have. I don't know. Simon, you probably know. It's already had movie treatments, hasn't it? I've read the book. But... Or am I thinking of a different different movie? Um, I think, yeah, no, it has. It would have been, what, the 60s, I think? Okay. So it wouldn't be Travolta, but no. it's probably some Scientology movie. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm probably thinking of something completely different. Don't yeah. worry about me. No worries. All right, we're going to call it there. Um, thank you, Sean, again for that suggestion. That was a good one. Oh, hang on, you guys, you, you do know what Fahrenheit four five one is, though, don't you? Yeah, no. yeah. Okay, all right, good. Just checking. Well, I've read the book, so I hope. Like okay. boiling no point of water. <laughs> you dag. I honestly don't fucking know. <laughs> all right, no, no, that's fine. We can talk about it after. Yeah. Um. Anyone that wants to laugh a bit on Twitter, please do so. Right. We're done. As always, if you'd like to offer an opinion, suggestion, or some general abuse, please do email us. We do like it, like Sean did at contact at oceanicgamer.com or via our Facebook page, The Oceanic Gamer. You can also follow us on Twitter. My handle is The Oceanic Gamer. Simon tweets under RPGBeatsRL and Ben tweets under the Spawny13. And you also do, you have two Twitters, don't you, Ben? Anyway. Uh, just use that one. That's the one yeah, I always cool. use. And li- are you still live streaming? I certainly am. Twitch. I haven't done TV. one for a couple of weeks, but um, I'm going to get back into it soon. Cool. Twitch.tv forward slash Benny8bit. You'll find previous episodes of the show on iTunes, and we're also on Stitcher, Google Play, and Pocket Cast. Um, we've had a huge um, influx of people using Pocket Cast to stream the podcast. 
Oh, really? No, not really. I wouldn't have the foggiest. Uh, I just thought I'd say it. <laughs> I was going to say, how'd you get those numbers? That's, no. that's actually, I'm interested in that. <laughs> no, I can't even get Science. numbers for iTunes, let alone Pocket Cast. Um, mm. Thanks very much for listening and thanks to my co-host for this episode and all episodes, Simon and Ben. Thank you both muchly. 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 Muchly, we'll okay. All right. I'm still calling those men in the white coats to talk about your imaginary friends. Sean, yeah, you'll, you'll see. Um, <laughs> so, yes, have a great week and month. And remember, you don't stop playing because you grow old. You grow old because you stop playing. Good night. Yeah, good. At least it's silent. At least you're getting predictable, you bastards. Yeah, predictable. <laughs> <laughs>